Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Very warm welcome to the World Championship Daily. Day seven is in the books. One session only for us today. But I tell you something, it was one hell of a session, wasn't it? So we are going to digest it all, break it all down, and then look ahead to what could be one of the best days of the World Championships so far. And we've said that pretty much every day after this World Championship daily because this tournament is now starting to come alive. It's starting to deliver some very, very good games. Lots to talk about. All four interviews coming because obviously we don't have uh, the eight games today. So we will get all four uh, interviews in for you uh, this evening on the show. Jonathan, and I am back. Hope you've had a good Sunday. Obviously, it was off on Sunday. and I'm joined by Luke Pickering and making his podcast debut, I believe. Is that right, Brad Pates? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. How are we, buddy? Yeah, you okay? Yeah, very well. Very, very good evening of darts this evening. You know, obviously disappointing. There was only just the one session, but it, it made up for it in the evening, so we can't complain, really. We're back to normal tomorrow. We are back to normal tomorrow, and like we say, you know, you you were live blogging that session for us, mate. I and was. Uh, every time you seem to be live blogging for us at the moment on, on OnlineDarts.com, we seem to get an absolutely world class session. This is brilliant from start to pretty much finish. Just a good luck charm. What can I say? It's the the charm of the Yorkshireman. Charm of the Yorkshireman. <laughs> I'm going to put it down to that. Well, we won't talk about the football because uh, I appreciate well, that. We'll keep not that your... quiet. Absolutely right. It's your, de- it's your debut. We'll let you off easily. Uh, Luke, you've been on a, uh, with us before, obviously, first time that, uh, us to were chatting. But again, just a solid day of darts. And even though we only had the one session, we saw enough action in that one session for two. I think the one thing I would say is how nice was it to be back to four games on an evening session? I really did miss the four games last mm. night, obviously. Completely out of our control. And we send our hearts out to Claire Macker. It must be so devastating for him. But uh, yeah, really good session tonight. Happy with that. Really quite entertaining. And I think some good, good close matches is what we wanted. And I think obviously Price and uh, Lewis was the only one that went 3-2. But overall, I think a really decent standard. And yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, let's start there, actually. Let's talk about Gerwin Price against Jamie Lewis. The Iceman keeping his cool against the fireball that is Jamie Lewis. By the way, I'm just going to throw this out there now. Pitbull, fireball, underrated war costume. We do not hear that enough. Uh, that's a, it's an absolute belter. Uh, but this is the crucial thing here, gentlemen. And uh, Luke, we'll start with you on this one. 
if ever you wanted to try and draw parallels to what happened to Peter Wright last year, this is a game to draw parallels to. Because for the first set, Price was awful. Like, look, I'm one of Price's biggest fans, as regular listeners and, and viewers to shows will know. But that first set was garbage. The, 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 the third set was, was unbelievable with the 160. The 110, you think, puts uh, the 110 from Lewis then gets it back into it. And then we go to a fifth set where Lewis just made crucial errors, much like Noel Malik then did last year for Peter Wright in round two. I think when we look back to Malik, Dem, I think he gets unfairly treated for the fact he missed one dart at ball. And I do think it was a huge chance for him to beat Peter Wright. But Lewis had glaring opportunities to bust himself on 68. It was criminal. The, set, the next set, he had darts to win again. Should have gone 2-0 up in the, set, in the last set. But that's where Price really shows his mettle. You know, this guy, when you looked at him a couple of years ago and you look at his world's record, it's not great. But we're, we're hmm. seeing a different go in Price now. This man's mentality is the mentality of a winner. Uh, there's no reason why he couldn't go out and win this world championship. We know that a lot of world champions win it through a little bit of ad- adversity. And yeah, he struggled in the first match. He hasn't averaged very well. He's only averaged 92. But the key, the key moments are where he shows his class. And I think Jamie Lewis will come back. It's a shame that he's lost a two card. He'll come back stronger. But yeah, there's no downplaying going Price's bottle there. He really, really showed how good he can be. I think the one for me, Brad, is the fact that Luke, you, you talked there about the fact that Manley then gets some trickies and he starts the ball. And obviously Wright takes out a mega checkout in the 140. But it also echoes back to last year as well, Brad, because Willie O'Connor miscounted against Gerwin Price in round two and Price got over the line. But while this wasn't a miscount, two errors, both the 72 as well, like you say, uh, to, to bust it. Sorry, the 68, excuse me, to bust it. And then obviously missing three darts at double 16 in the next leg. There seems to be, I don't know what it is about Gerwin Price, yeah. but there's a lot of luck going his way. And like you say, you need a bit of luck to, to win the world championship. Yeah, yeah it seems as if... Gerwin Price's luck has finally started to turn at the World Championships. We all know he's not had the best of records at Ali Pali in the last couple of years. Obviously, making the semis last year, it's got to fill in with confidence and on the back of a great year, obviously winning the set play event of the World Grand Prix. He's undoubtedly going to come into this with confidence and getting over the line in a game where, like you say, Jamie Lewis should have, obviously, at um, at 2-2, he really should have been 2-0 up in that last set. Um, Obviously, like you say, bussing the 68 and... And the three at the 32, you think if he gets them, Gerwin Price is under real pressure to mount a comeback here. And obviously, mount, uh, sorry, averaging 77 and a half in the first set, you're thinking, is he going to improve from this? And obviously, he stepped it up. And, and you know, Gerwin Price, it always starts somewhere. And he scraped through last year against Willie O'Connor. So hopefully, he'll do the same again and push on to make the semis or even go to the final like many expect him to do this year. The thing is, as well, though, Luke, is the fact that we, we obviously he's had a horrendous record in set play as we talked about but he's won the most recent set play event and ever since that Grand Prix victory and ever since the World Cup win he's sort of dovetailed a little bit obviously you can't keep up the same intensity because that's darts but you think there's been a bit of a drop off since that and it might have come home to roost a little bit there tonight I think Price has struggled a lot with fatigue. I think all dart players, especially the ones at the top of the game, obviously have had a really tough period with the Winter Series, the Grand Slam, the Players' Championships, all come really thick and fast. And I think he struggled, as you say, to maintain his level. I think with the two weeks off, he started to get his head right. And I know the first set was pretty poor, but he sort of warmed into that game. And I think once we move out of the, the first two, three set matches, that's where the stronger players and the, 
the more experienced players will really show their mettle again. And I think by that point, we see exactly the same in the Grand Prix. As the matches get longer, the better players do t- genuinely rise to the top. I think for Price, uh, we did hear, well, well, we'll hear in his interview coming up, that he is going to go home and he's going to spend the time with his family. And he said that, to be honest, if he comes back and tests positive for COVID, so be it. But he's a family man and he wants to see his girls grow up. And, and to be honest, I totally respect that. I think he's mm. done a lot wrong in his darts career. But I do respect that his family's his priority. And I think, you know, that'll do a lot for his head. It's really, it is a huge shame for a lot of the foreign players that can't go home during Christmas. What that'll do for their mental side, I'm not sure. But I think for these guys that can and have the option, maybe that's the way to do it. And maybe that's the way that Price gets his head, head back in the game and gets back to his sort of 100 plus average level because that was well below his, his brilliant best. It certainly was. It was below, well below his best tonight. But Brad, before we go and hear from Price, a quick word on Jamie yeah. Lewis. Do you remember when he averaged yeah. 57 at a Euro Tour event? Remember, yeah. remember that one where everybody said he was finished as a darts player? What a comeback. It's, I don't know what it is about the Ali Pali yeah. stage. Yes, he's truly shown some some absolutely fantastic character. Obviously, like you say, averaging the 57 on the Euro Tour and he admitted himself that he's had a horrendous year. But obviously, when you go to a PDPA qualifier and win through, it gives you confidence coming into this. And obviously, it's not the tie that he would have wanted playing the world number three. But he, like you say, there's something with Ali Pali, something that clicks with Jamie Lewis on that Ali Pali stage. Obviously, the, the run to the semi-finals a couple of years ago where he beat Richardson and Peter Wright. And even last year, or 2019, when he, he got to round four against Dave Chisnell, Jamie Lewis seems to perform on that stage. And an example from tonight was set three, when Gawin Price takes out that 104 in the leg one. In the first leg, rather. Going Price is pumped up there and you think, oh, it's going to go on and, and blitz him here. Mm. And then he takes out 160 in the final leg and he's averaging just shy of a ton. Jamie Lewis comes back and wins set 4-3-0. That takes some real character, regardless of how Going Price is playing. And there's going to be big things for Jamie Lewis next year if he carries on playing like that. And it seems that although he's gone out of the tournament tonight early on, it, it's really good to see him back in a good place and playing some good darts again. Certainly the case. Let's hear, though, from the world number three, Gerwin Price took a battle. Uh, took a battle to get over the line, but he did just that against uh, fellow compatriot Jamie Lewis. Here he is in his press conference afterwards. Gazy, all smiles now. You got the win, but not the performance you would have wanted, is it? No, I mean, I don't know. It's, I just couldn't get going. It was flat and... One of one of those games, but I'll put this one behind me. A win's better than a loss, I suppose. And yeah, I can't do anything about it now. So all I can do is just look forward and yeah, look forward to my next game. Very flat start from you. You started getting more vocal, more aggressive. You actually started producing better darts along with that, but then it just tailed off again. Yeah, so I when I'm hitting scores, then then I, then I can get myself going. But when I'm hitting twenty sixes and fifty eights, and just doesn't happen. But yeah, I knew Jamie wasn't playing well. I know he was playing better than what he has the last you know, couple of months. And that's probably what put me off. Even though he wasn't playing well, he was hitting trebles. And I was like, yeah, it just always happens to me. But yeah, I shouldn't, shouldn't start thinking that. I just concentrate on my own game. I try to, but it's hard. You had a great run at the William O. World Championship last year. So you know you can play on this stage. But there is, is there a different kind of pressure coming into this tournament with it being the biggest? I just think it's a different kind of atmosphere. It's, it's, it's dead out there. It's like, you know, when we played in, in the home tour, it's like playing in my back kitchen. It's, it's not good. But, you know, we have to deal with it and it is what it is. And I'll try to perform the best I can. And today wasn't very good, but I will be better next time.
We've seen you perform behind closed doors. I mean, your Grand Prix win was was excellent. There's some great stuff there. So you you're able to do it. Yeah, I know. I don't. So I say I can't put my finger on it. Sometimes starts go like that. You just can't can't hit a barn door with a shotgun. But you know, some other times I I can't miss. But that's the way it goes. And you know, I'm lucky I come through that game. I, Jamie bust the 68. I took out the 72. And I give it large, but yeah, that sort of spurred me on in, in our last set. But I had a little bit of luck in that game, and sometimes that's what you need to win, not just games, but to win tournaments. Well, that was my next question. Similar thing with Willie O'Connor last year. We've seen players win the William World Championship when incidents like that have happened in deciding sets. Might yeah, well, look, look, you look at Rob Cross when, when Michael had numerous starts to beat him, he went on to be Phil Taylor in the final. It, you know, we can all I say the ifs, but some maybes, but, you know, J Jamie busted his score, I took out shots, Michael missed his doubles, Rob Cross took him out, went on to be world champion. So, you know, the only way is up now for me and hopefully I can perform a lot better. You come into this year's tournament having won more titles than anyone else, you're the second favourite for it. How does it feel compared to previous years heading to Alipan? Yeah, but it just feels different because of the circumstances, because of the COVID, because of no crowd and... Like I said, it just feels like I'm playing in my kitchen and I just can't get going. But for other people, they, they love that. That's, that's the sort of atmosphere they feed off. But, yeah, it's not for me. Well, having said that, if you're stood here on January 3rd with half a million pounds, Sipperdale Trophy and you're world number one, which would happen, then all of that fades away, doesn't it? Yeah, I'd be happy. But at the back of my mind as well, it'd be like, uh, you've just won an home tour. But that's, that's the way it is. That's the way I think. You know, this tour, it doesn't matter if it's the Worlds, the Grand Prix, the, the Grand Slam, they're all the same when it's like this. So it doesn't really matter. But I'll take the 500,000. I'll take the world number one, but yeah, it just doesn't feel right. See if you say that on January 3rd. Well I'll be smiling. Gezi, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just touching on that, obviously, build up for this is when you guys normally go out and do exhibitions galore and go up to this. Did you come into it slightly undercooked, do you think? No, I came into it fresh because I needed I needed a rest. I needed two weeks off, and I and I haven't picked the dart up for well, say I haven't picked the dart up for two weeks. I've had thirty minutes in the evening for the last two weeks. I, I've played so much darts over the last couple of weeks. I just thought that I, I I didn't have to practice. I needed time off. I needed time away. And I don't know. Maybe now over the next four or five days, I'll put a bit more effort in on the board because that wasn't good enough. But luckily, I I won and it didn't come back and bite me. But you know, I've got four, five, six days at home whenever I'm playing, but I will practice a lot more this week. Talking about going home, is that a risk for you with everything that's going on? Yeah, it is a risk, but you know, I've got young girls. They only, they only young once, they only growing up once, and to to be quite frankly, they're more important to me than than this tournament. So I'd rather wake up Christmas Day with those than wake up on January third with a trophy. So if I come back and I fail the test, then so be it. But I'll be home with my family. Obviously, looking at, at this, a lot of talk around the world number one spot, and you put on your Instagram, who'd have thought this 18 months ago. Is it a genuine thought now that you could get there? Well, it's a well obviously, because it's, it is realistic, and I think about it, I'm sure Peter thinks about it, and he probably says he doesn't. You know, and, I'm, and I know for a fact that Michael is thinking that if he loses, he loses that top spot, and he doesn't want to do it. So fair play to him for playing the way he did in his first game. He's him and Kim Ibrex are probably the best two players in this tournament so far. And and Ian White, who, who unfortunately has gone out, but 
yeah, I know there's a lot of pressure on Michael's shoulders to, to not lose that number one spot. You also said in the build-up you weren't fond of Peter Wright's Grinch outfit. Yeah, you can. Peter does what he does. You know, is is a bit. I understand it. You know, if um, if there's crowd here and everything, but personally, I just think it puts people off. I think it put um, Steve West off a little bit. Last one for me on the crowd. I know you were happy that there was going to be a thousand in there. What was your reaction when you then found out that there wasn't going to be and it was going behind closed? Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's disappointing. You know, I was looking forward to playing. You know, in front of some sort of crowd. I think the only time we had crowd this year was in the World Series finals and I went and won that, even though they were on my back. But I feed off that and I feed off the, the negativity and, and the booing and, and the atmosphere. But yeah, I was a bit gutted, really. Desi, congratulations, always. No, thank you very much. Cheers. Desi, just touching on the number one situation that you mentioned then, do you think Michael's feeling the pressure in this tournament? Well, he's not playing like it, anyway, is he? No, no, he, <laughs> no he, he played really well and you know he's, he's had the pressure of number one for the last couple of years, so I don't think it'll affect him, but it will be in the back of his head. And Do I think he'll lose early in this tournament? No, I think he'll, he'll get to the final and you know, he, I think he'll have a good run and, and I hope he does because uh, you know, he's, he's the sort of player I like to play and uh, well, I hope I beat him in the final. And uh, last year, Peter Wright, he was second favourite going into the tournament, survived some match darts against Norm Malik then. It's a similar situation for yourself against Jamie Lewis, didn't have any match darts, but survived a scare. Do you think that's a this comparison of that? Yeah, I mean, any tournament, you know, even when I won my tour card, I had, I had darts against me to to knock me out and I would have had a challenge on, on the next few days, but people missed darts. I was lucky enough to go through and then, yeah, a couple of years later, I'm here, so you need a little bit of luck, whether whether it's um, first round, second round, or, or in semis or finals. But yeah, I, I don't I don't know if I've used nine lives, but I'll probably use about five or six. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Moving on then to uh, the fourth player to beat a seed at the World Championships. Normally we we're normally getting about 12, 13, 14, but only four so far. Obviously still could happen. A lot could happen tomorrow, Luke. Um, but this was a story of Ian White doing what Ian White does on television. <laughs> I think when you look I don't, at it... I don't, want to be, I don't wish to be harsh, but I, unfortunately I cannot be, I cannot be uh, you know, blunt about this. I've got to be blunt about this. This is exactly what happened. Ostensibly when you're watching the telly and you're watching that match, it's Ian White doing Ian White things and it's such a shame because he's such a nice guy and I really really was willing him on to make that comeback at least get back to 2-2 and fight for it but then when you actually break it down seven of the nine legs that Kim Hybrix won he won in 15 darts or less which realistically that's forcing Ian White to average 125 and, and go out in 12 darts or less to actually win these legs so Kim Hybrix was really really solid a ton plus average he put White under pressure and, and White cracked again. When you compare the floor averages, because I know Kim Hybrix mentioned it, Ian White's sixth on the floor averages, and he's coming out on stage and pumping out a ton plus average and still getting knocked out. I mean, the guy can't buy luck, but it's just a story of missed chances again. 25% of the doubles is not good enough, not for a player of his calibre. And I think what's going to change for Ian White, he's been like this for so long. The only... A slight glimpse of form we've seen from him it was the semi-finals at the Players' Championship last year. Other than that, have we seen anything on, on television that actually shows that he might could win anything, any sort of major? I don't think we have, and I think this is, this is the story of Ian White's career, sadly, and I don't see it changing anytime soon. Do you think, Brad, that 
Hybrex looks back at this point, not necessarily back to where he was in like 14, 15, when he was, you know, top 16 in the world, knocking on doors of the Premier League regularly. Do we reckon there's anything else there potentially that we're seeing something potentially from Hybrex at this point? I just think he's got the 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 love and the interest for the game back. You know, we saw him at the World Cup with Dimitri Vandenberg a couple of, a couple of months ago, and he was dancing, he was joking about, and he just seems to have his love for for the darts back. I think he he lost three nil. Um, I can't remember who it was to last year, but um, he's had a few early exits at, at the Worlds, and he'll want to put that out of his mind. And obviously, I know he played Chinese qualifying with all the respect. Um, Di Zhuang wasn't really going to cause that many problems to him. But to fire in a 106 average like he did, he's obviously going to feel confident that he can go on and carry on producing. And and tonight, even against Ian White, I know he's um, he fired in a, a 109 average in the second leg. There's some seriously good darts that Kim Hybrex can throw and he's going to carry on and be full of confidence for the rest of this tournament. Here's my thought on this one, and this is about more about high breaks, because I've been slight and gob for suggesting on many occasions, I just slight gob anyway, as we all know, for people who <laughs> listen and regularly watch the show and, and listen to the pods. My my biggest takeaway from high breaks is the fact that he looks he looks a lot more calmer, Luke. I think he look he's at that point of his career where he goes, Okay, I don't he even said in his first round interview that when you get into the top 16, you act like a spoiled brat. It feels like to me that he's come down a level bit. And this is as well, the fourth time that he's reached the uh, third round of the world championships in five years. He loves the Ali Pali stage, clearly. You know, Brad's touched on it, but I think the World Cup does in the world are good. And I know he said in the World Cup yeah. interviews himself, that's the tournament he gets the most hype for. He comes to the world championship and it is the biggest stage of all, but he doesn't feel the same pressure. He comes out here, he plays well, he's come off the back of a good result at the World Cup. I know they didn't win and I know they really would have wished to, but semi-finals is a good result for Belgium. And I think, to be honest, him and Van der Berg's relationship's really good. Now, I don't know what practice they do outside of the game. I presume they got on really well and I presume they do practice together, but I do, I do think he started to draw inspiration, I guess, from, from Van der Berg and the way he succeeded this year and started to think, you know, I want a bit of that success back. He's been in the Premier League twice, so... He's got the talent, and people have never doubted him before. The last few years have been a little bit ropey, but I can see him getting back to where he needs to be. And 200-plus averages in the first two rounds sets you up for a really good World Championships, doesn't it? And finally, very, very quickly, Brad, what a game that will be. Kim Highbreak against Ryan Searle. One of them is going to make a last 16 at the World Championships yeah. for the second year in a row. One of my outsiders, Ryan Searle, obviously dispatched Jeffrey Deswine comfortably last night, but... When Kim's playing like this, you just when he's peppering that red bit and some excellent finishing as well tonight, you just you can't really look past him regardless of how Ryan Searle's playing. You know, rolling back the years to show, like you say, when he was knocking on the door of the Premier League, that's going to be an absolute belter, like you say. Sir, certainly will be. That's it from though Kim Hybrex. He gets through to round two. Fourth seed goes home in Ian White uh, from the World Championship. But it is Kim Hybrex who wins. Here he is in his presser. What a game! What a game of darts that was! How are you feeling? I'm I'm over the moon, honestly. This is this is the tournament. These are the games that you work off for the whole year. You work your butt off for this, and when that comes together on that game on that stage, then wow, what a relief! I asked you after your opening round of the Wimbledon World Championship whether you could sustain the level of performance you showed. If anything, that was better. 
I don't know. I have no idea about the average, about percentages. I, I'm going to look at it after the game. It felt um, very good in the beginning. Very good. I was like dominating the whole game in the beginning. And the third set, I got so nervous. My hands were like a leaf. My heartbeat was going up. And I was thinking, Kim, if you don't control yourself, you're going to lose the game because Ian is so good. He can put you under pressure all the time. Um, and I think I, I've, got, I, I've been very lucky at some legs. Um, the first set, I think, for 2-0, he missed three or six darts. He missed three darts to make it 1-1 in sets, so I got very lucky. But hey, it's all about taking your chances. Um, I think 80% um, of this tournament is as equal, as good as each other, and it's about taking your chances, and that's what I did today. Do you feel that over the last month, few weeks, you've suddenly gone to another level? Because yeah. that's the best yeah. you've seen from you in yeah. a Yeah. 10,000% sure, 10,000% sure. I've been, like I said, I've been practicing the hardest I've ever done in my life. I play Premier League, I play 10 World Championships. This is the, much, the most effort I've ever put into darts and the best feeling I've ever had into darts. I've played Premier League, like I said, I felt good. I felt like, yeah, this is good, this is where I belong, but I've never felt like I'm gonna do it. And here, now, at this moment, I'm feeling I'm gonna do it. This is my tournament. I'm going to do it. And I've never had that before in the PDC, and that's what I'm having right now. What do you put that down to? Um, no worries in life at the moment. I'm good. My wife's pregnant. We've got a baby. We've got a daughter. Everything's going good. Everything's going smooth. I haven't got a monster that, mother that has cancer. I haven't got a father that just passed away. Everything's going good now in life. So touch wood. Just keep this good feeling. Life is important. Everything you do outside of darts matters here. When you come on that stage, if you've got issues, if you've got problems, you take them on the stage. People that don't have problems, that don't have issues, will win majors, that will win tournaments, will play 110 plus averages. But people who've got worries, who've got problems, who've got um, people at home that sick or feeling bad, you take that on stage. And that's just the honest truth. And that's, that is how life goes. And you've spoken candidly to us about that in previous years, where you have come into this year's well, previous William O' World Championships with those issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That you've listed. Yeah, it's it's never an excuse. Um, you're on there. You're on that stage. You play your opponent. You've got three darts. He's got three darts. It's the way you handle that at that one second, that one minute, that that hour that you play. It's never an excuse, but you take problems onto the stage, and that's the truth. Looks like you might be stuck here. I'm guessing you won't be able to see your pregnant <laughs> wife and family over Christmas. No, yeah, it's a, well, it's a problem, and it's not really a problem because she's she's pregnant Zilla. <laughs> she gives me do this, Kim, do that, Kim, do this, Kim. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm stuck here with my best friends on the hotel room playing FIFA 18 hours a day. Oh my, what could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> well played, Kim. Enjoy Cheers. Christmas. Cheers. Thank you. Kim, again, just echo that huge congratulations. It's great to see you with that, that smile again. I just want to talk about the process of obviously you've changed manufacturers. Yeah. And is the equipment perfect now? So we see you tinker with little bits and bobs in the last previous months. I, yeah, I have to say, the, the, I'm with Bulls Holland now. They are, in my opinion, the best people that there are. They gave me so much time. They worked with me so hard. They said, if that doesn't work, we'll do it different. If that doesn't work, we'll still do it different. And um, at the moment, I think I've got the best equipment and, 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 and they played such a big role in it. 
really honestly they've done so much work for me shirts wise uh, darts wise everything i have to say big credit to bulls holland where i'm at the moment they helped me fantastically Ryan Searle, up next, a man that's informed. But if you play like that, this is going to be an absolute belter. Yeah, of course, yeah. Ryan's he's up there. He's, he's, he's doing really well. Um, I think both of us are happy with the draw. Um, he's going to be happy that he's not playing Ian. I'm going to be happy because um, Jeffrey's a very good player and he's a very good friend of mine as well. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what that game brings. And then both of us, if we play the best game, it's going to be a, a cracking game. When you missed the dart at tops for the match on the 120, did you fear that you'd let him back in as well during that game? No, no, no. I was, I was like rebooting at that moment. Uh, that, was, that was a chance I never thought I would get. Um, I was on a reboot uh, moment at that time because I was giving it away. Um, but no, yeah, next leg was good and the double 18 has been going really well lately. And um, yeah, I'm happy. At the end, we saw you walk halfway up the ramp. Yeah. What were you saying to yourself and who were you talking to in your mind? I was talking to myself. I was saying, I've worked so hard for this, these moments. I've, I've, honestly, um, people, sometimes they don't realise what, what we do, what we do at home, what, how long we practice, what we think during games, what we think during the year. And, and I've worked my butt off. And I was saying to myself, yes, you have to do this all the time. Just work, work, work. When you were at the bottom that you've talked about, did you ever doubt yourself that you could get back to moments like this? Of course, of course. I think um, everyone does at the moment when, when you're not playing really well and everyone's just playing better and better and better because the general level at this time is so much higher than when I started playing. So of course there was doubts, but when I'm feeling like I'm doing now, there's no shadow of doubt in my head, not even 1% doubt. Last one for me. What's it going to be like having a virtual Christmas with, with the family? Is that going to be a, a tough one to take? It's going to be the first time in... Um, I'm together with Dana for 14 years now. It's going to be the first Christmas we're not spending together. So it's going to be difficult. But hey, I've got another game to prepare myself for. So I wouldn't miss Christmas in any other way than having to do it right now. Ken, congratulations, mate. Cheers. You smiling again. Thank you, guys. Can we talk about the Christmas situation? Do you have to take the positives from that, that there's, there's now no distractions going into the next game? 100%, because um, even if I would have lost, um, we probably couldn't still go home because of all the corona issues. So um, having the win makes it even better. Um, can't go home. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But um, there's, no way, there's no better way to miss Christmas than being stuck at the World Championships. You talked about what a good place you're in. How important is it to have... It's massive. The right, the right people around you. Yeah, it's massive. I've got the best management in the world now for me at the moment. I've, I've, I've been together with Mac. Mac is the best manager in the world. He's got the highest ranked players. But um, I needed that support at the moment. And that's what my management at the moment is giving me. Um, I've changed my darts, changed everything. And I've got so much support at me. Everything goes about me at the moment. And that's what I needed. And that's, that's what I could use in these times and these tournaments now. Games after Christmas come thick and fast. You're playing every couple of days, pretty much. Do you think that's something that suits you, especially in the form you're in now? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, as a dart player, you want to play as much as possible. Um, we're going to do that now. We, couple of days off now. We're going to relax. We're going to just chill out, and then uh, we'll see what comes. Yeah, Cheers, guys. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Moving on then to talk about the rest of the world championship day seven. And Brad, this was a surprise in a way because... Again, I, I might have to swallow humble pie here because I've been talking about Ratajski, uh, Christoph Ratajski with Gob saying that he's had horrendous draws, et cetera, et cetera. And there have been times where there have been difficult draws. But he hasn't performed well on TV. I don't think there's been a single performance where I've, I've looked at it and gone, wow, this was one of them. This is probably the best performance I've seen on TV today, beating a very, very capable opponent in Ryan Joyce 3-0. Completely agree. And obviously... Um... Being eliminated from the Players' Championship finals early against Carol Sedlicek wouldn't have done his confidence the world of good coming mm. into this against Ryan Joyce. But like you say, he, he quashed all the, all the doubts of anyone thinking whether or not he's capable of producing the darts needed to go far in this tournament. And like you say, Christoph Rataski was absolutely sensational tonight. Uh, that There was a 1-2-6-12 data. One, two, six, four, or twelve. That I should say in the first set, and that just summed up that Christopher Tasky was going to go on and absolutely blitz Ryan Joyce. I don't think many people predicted three nil, but me personally, being on the blog when he fired in that one hundred five average in the first leg, in the first set, I knew he was going to go on and produce a, not a vintage Rataski performance, but we know he's capable of that. So I don't really think it's a a real shock in that aspect. But to go on and dispatch Ryan Joyce three nil, I think by showing his credentials that he can really go on and, and, and do well in this tournament. I mean, look, let's, let's not, you know, take the mick here when it comes to Brian Joyce. He's obviously a Pro Tour winner. Um, you know, he, he made the last 16 of the Grand Prix as well early this year. He, he's, a, he's a very, very good player. And Ratajski, we've yeah. been waiting for him to perform on the telly box. He's done that and then some. The, 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 I think the defining moment for me was the fifth leg of the second set. An 11 darter against the darts, that's just class. Yeah, first break of the match, that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think jo- as well. Joyce has got a lot of talent. And I think as well, if you look back to his quarterfinals run, he's averaged higher in that game than he did at any point during that quarterfinals run. And he's improving every year. I think the more experience he gets on the tour, the better he's getting. To win one this year, again, shows a lot of talent. I think a top 32 is achievable for Ryan Joyce. So Ratajski's really taken out quite a good opponent there and dispatched him so well to win the first two sets 3-2. Really crucial moments winning the fifth leg. It's sort of James Weird-esque to a, on, to a degree. You know, he's mm-hmm. under pressure, but he's gone out 
and in really good finishes to be fair with. I think the 45% of the doubles is strong. That's easily strong enough to win most matches. So all in all, yeah, really solid performance from Ratajski. And are we starting to finally point. see the pro tour Ratajski on the stage? Because if so, that is worrying for any other, anyone else in the tournament. Just a point there as well. Ryan Joyce had a chance to break for the set. Very true. Second set. And there was a leg before that which really impressed me. I know obviously he didn't go on to win the set, but he was on 164 and he, he left the double 12 instead of going for it when he had the opportunity to go for it. So it shows that Ryan Joyce, if he's not matured as a player already, Ryan Joyce is going to be a force to come for the next couple of years. And I truly believe that he's going to push on and win either a TV major or definitely have some success on the Pro Tour if he keeps playing like that. Yeah, I completely agree. Yep, Just certainly came the up case. against a Rattasky in great form. <laughs> Just absolutely right. And obviously, he'll meet either Simon Whitlock or Darius Labanowskis. And Simon Whitlock, obviously, he's been in decent form as well, which we'll come on to in a minute. But, you know, Rutaisky's, Rutaisky's run after that, if he were to win that third round game, he then gets a shot at Peter Wright. As you say there, Luke, if, if the Pro Tour Peagle, as Dan Dars Dawson likes to call him, <laughs> turns up, we could be in for a sensational game in round four. I don't want to read too much into Peter Wright's round one performance because I think, you know, it was, it was coming out in front of the crowd for the first time in a while. He was maybe a little bit rusty and I think with all, with all the Grinch antics, mm. he, you know, whether his mind was completely on the darts that night, I don't know, but he did do enough to get through. I think Peter Wright will step it up. Whether Ritaisky can step it up even further from 100 remains to be seen. I think he's definitely got the potential and if he does play like he has, to do, has done on the Pro Tour, then yeah, I think we could be seeing a brilliant game. Let's just hope for a Tyson's sake. It's not another 6-0 from Wright with a world record or world-beaten <laughs> average. That's one thing you remember that? want to see. Oh, <laughs> I cannot. Ratajski, the fucker Ratajski pointed at the end of the game to the average and Peter Wright wasn't even interested. Was just That was Pete Ratajski. You know, he's a gentleman. But yeah, he does not want to get played off the board like that again. Indeed. Let's hear it for all the gentlemen himself. The Polish Eagle produces arguably his best performance on television uh, to beat Ryan Joyce 3-0 in the World Arts Championship round two. Here he is, Christoph Ratajski. Uh, Christoph, congratulations. Ryan was playing well throughout that game. You were playing better. Yeah, he played uh, really good, especially first uh, two sets. Uh, he done one mistake in the second set. He missed three doubles for a set. And uh, I finished, and uh, in the another leg, I finished uh, 11 doubles, if I could remember. It was very good. Uh, it, it, it was only one mistake from, from him. It, How satisfying is it for you to bring your Pro Tour form, your Euro Tour form, up onto the stage of the William L World Championship? Uh, it's, uh, it's really good for me that I uh, played really good match on the stage because it's not the same. Uh, play here in the big stage and play in the uh, Pro Tour games. Here is a, a really difficult, especially first match. It's I think it's the most uh, most difficult. You have played good stage games in the PDC before, yeah. but we're used to seeing you win titles and play lots of games over and over, averaging a hundred all day. Do you think you're able to do that in this tournament? Yeah, I think I'm I'm in a really good form in this moment, uh, and I think I'm able to play with 100 average. 
I don't know what average what was in this match, but I feel that I I able to play with 100 and more average every match. Darius Labanowskis or Simon Whitlock next for you. If it is Simon Whitlock, he's suddenly found some form himself. It could be an incredible game. Yeah, I played with him with, in World Cup uh, in a singles game. He beat me, but it was a really good game with really good average. And if he win, because it's not, uh, it's not for sure he win. Darius also is a good player. But it doesn't matter with who I will play. I will play my best game. Obviously, you're the number one for Poland, but we have seen some other Polish players in, in the last couple of years play PDC. Krzysztof Kaczuk, Artisus Karnik. Is it getting better? Are you expecting more Polish players to join you on the tour and reach the, the sort of level that you're at? Uh, yes, in Polish, is. Uh a few players uh, which could play in a really good game. It's a, I think it's a two, maybe three players who could can play uh, with average 90 plus, maybe 100 sometimes. It's possible that they join to the. They 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 will try uh, on Kuskul in this year. I'm, I'm sure, and I hope they uh, win a tour card. Great stuff, well played. Okay, thank you. Christoph, we've seen you play on the TV tournaments recently and lose good games. Was it nice to finally win a good game? Yeah, it was many times, I think, when I lose with with very good average, with very good match. I missed, for example, one or two doubles and lose a match. Uh, today was really close because first two, uh, first two, two sets was on the really good level, and only this, this one mistake on in second set uh, with Ryan Dawn uh, give me a chance for 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 win this match. Between the Players' Championship finals and here, we saw you play on the home tour. Was that really good practice heading into the World Championships? Yes, of course. Uh, this home tour is uh, really good for a practice. Yeah, there is a uh, uh, many good players and there is a uh, many 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 matches. You must prepare for for six matches in one uh, one session. It's, I think it's for me. It's a really good training. Obviously, you don't play now until after Christmas. Are you now staying in the UK because of all the travel problems? Yeah, I have a pra travel problems like many players uh, in this championship. Um, today at uh, midnight, Polish board is closed. I, I don't have any chance to, to back to Poland, especially when I uh, won a match. If, now I must say because even if any chance for back, I, I'm not sure I, I back to the England for the next round. Were you planning to go home before this happened? Yeah, I have a plan. I, have, I had a, a ticket for the tomorrow morning uh, plane. Christoph, congratulations as always. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.
Okay, thank you. So then, Brad, final game of the night was an all-German affair. And before we go any further, I'd like to say I so wish the fans were there because if you've never been to the World Championships before, the amount of German fans that come over here is ridiculous. Honestly, it is mental. The, the, the Germans absolutely love the Ali Pali and they would have made so much noise tonight for an all-German class between Gabriel Clements and Nico Kurtz. This was a game for me, Brad, where Clemens took advantage of Kurtz's inability at times to find the double, despite the fact that Kurtz, mm. at times, was just mental on the finishes. Yeah, I think everyone in the darting world knows the name Nico Kurtz now. Obviously, if they didn't know this year, they knew last year because of he beat James Wilson and Joe Cullen on his route to the fourth round, I think, when he lost to Luke Humphreys. Yeah, third round um, it was, yeah. Yeah, third round. And... Uh, you know, he played some absolutely outstanding stuff, but I don't want to use the term old man. I think he got out-experienced, obviously, Gabriel Clemens took advantage of some... I don't even think there was that many that many misses. Gabriel Clemens was just fantastic. You know, in the first first set, there were, there were three, three out of four and two out of four. So, you know, it was quite a, a very cagey first set, let's say. So it was... You know, if you if you miss one, you were going to get taken advantage of. Real close showed why he's in the top 32 in the world now. And uh, but in that first set, though, I must admit that 115 out for Nico Kurz was was excellent, and it was his first of four ton plus outs on the night. So again, Nico Kurz showed what he's what he's capable of. But Gabriel Clemens just just showed his class and came out on top in the uh, in the old German flash. And I must admit, the roof would come off. For every single one of those ton plus outs, if they definitely would have obviously circumstances dictate. <laughs> Absolutely right. Yeah, you're right. You know, look at that first, look at that um second set though, quickly. 160, 123 on the ball, 161 on the ball to win the yeah. third to win the second set. That that is class <laughs> from Nico Gertz. But Completely agree. I, you know, I just think I just think, Luke, at the same time, though, Clements, that you say, had the more experience, as Brad says there. Clements had the more experience. I think there was just too many off darts from Kurtz at some stages. I mean, you, you look at the stats here, right? Five 180s for Kurtz, six for Clemens, and, and four ton-plus checkouts. You're thinking, OK, how is he only averaging 89? There was just too many, I thought, slack darts from Nico a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think, to be honest, they would get ironed out if he does win a tour card. I think the experience of being against these players week in, week out would help him immensely. Let's, let's be fair to him. Coming through the Super League, the German Super League, is not easy. Yeah. You've got to play 17 games to get through. And against some really quite good opposition. I mean, Kevin Munch, who knocked out Lewis a few years ago. Bunser was in there. Stein, Idens, who ran Van Gogh and closed a few years ago. So there's some quality opposition. He did actually beat Gabriel Clement in the semi-finals. So bit of bit of revenge there for Clemens. I, I think Kurz has definitely got it in him to go on and become a top 32 player as well. I think, you know, he's one of these players that doesn't need to be over the top with, uh, to be box office. <laughs> the average finish in that second set was 148, which that, that, I'm not even sure whether that's a world championship record, but that is, that is some serious good going. So yeah, I think Kurz, there was a few sloppy darts in there, but I think as he, as he grows as a player and as he matures and gets a bit older, because he is still a really young lad, you think by the, by, um, the age Max Hopp was it, when Nico Kurz is 23, Max Hopp had already played in seven world championships. So he is only in his second. And I think as it comes along and he, as he gets a little bit older, then yeah, I think Kurz is going to start being an even bigger danger for these, for these big guns in the early rounds. 
Just a pointer, the whole complexion of this match could have changed because in leg four of the first set, Nico Coe's bust 25 by hitting a big 14 and then a big 17. And then obviously Gabriel came in and took out 40. I think that, that epitomises the sloppy dice, doesn't it? Yeah, it yeah, does. Completely agree. And, you know, it just shows it's fine margins in darts and, and that's one of them. And I think in, in the first leg of set two, obviously Gabriel took it. You're thinking... Yeah, is the writing on the wall here for Nico? But those uh, three ton plus checkouts in a row were absolutely fantastic. But like you say, Luke, too many sloppy darts, but that'll come as he progresses and as he plays more and more on the tour against quality players. You Big know, it's lovely well. to see the. Uh, I'm just sorry, Josh. Just going to say no, this: it's lovely, lovely to see the big checkouts, but. The worry for Kurz is that the big checkouts were bailing him out for having such a low yeah. average in general. Mm. You, you, it's brilliant to see, and it's, it is box office, but. Really, Kurz would have liked to be a lot closer. He doesn't want to be leaving himself with that much to do because you can do it one or two legs, but can you, you can't ton plus check out for nine legs of a match and win. It's just not possible. Well, this is the big moment I wanted to come on to as well. You, you mentioned huge moments. Remember when he's just lost that foot third set? He's dead set up tops after 12. And you're thinking, oh, okay, he's back in the game. Clemens then just says, nope, not tonight, my friend. 19, trouble 19, double 16 for a 108. That for me, like you say, Brad, broke his heart a little yeah. bit there, because I think he just yeah. I think he just resigned to that fact of, well, this ain't gonna be my day, is it? Yeah, I have to agree that the 108 was just like you say is, is a prime example of why Gabriel Clemens is where he is. Obviously, Nico Kerr's will obviously have aspirations of getting into the top 32 and he'll want to follow in the footsteps as his compatriot. But like you say, that 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 108 at that point was was the killer and Obviously, Nico eventually couldn't recover and Gabriel goes through to the next round. Clemens doesn't seem does. to have any issue pushing players all the way in the early parts of the game, but then missing five right at the end. That's when you think, mm, right's going to weigh you down there. If you're going to miss five for a match, he's, he's proven before. He's going to be a little bit more clinical than he has been in the past. He showed against Malik Demon, he showed a few times last year. You're missing loads of darts for the match. Peter Wright's not going to let you have it. You say, I'm Certainly a firm would. believer of Gabriel Clemens will keep up with the Peter Wright scoring, but like you say, it's just on the outer ring where he needs to be a tad more clinical or else he's, he's going to be facing an, an elimination. Yeah. Well, let's hear it from the German giant now then. After his win, here is an presser. Gabriel, a hard game, but you won it very well at the end. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, always hard to play a friend against Nico. And I, we uh, play so much times against, and it's a really hard game. It's always a tough game against uh, Nico, and uh, I'm happy with the win. And I play good in the third and fourth set, and a lot of 180s in this set, and this was the key. And a bit of history as well at the William Hill World Championship, the first all-German game at the tournament. There were record numbers watching Nico in his, his first round game. A lot of people will be watching at home tonight. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> but is it a sign that German darts is going to another level? Yeah, you, you see, Nico is a fantastic player. He is uh, 23, 24. He is, uh, has the same drop as me. <laughs> and uh, he's an amazing player. And uh, I hope he goes to the Q school and uh, comes on the tour. If we'd had fans in tonight, we might have had half a hall full of German fans. 
Who would they have been supporting out of you two, do you think? I hope me. <laughs> <laughs> the English guys uh, support me. I have the English walk on song. Okay, that's clever. <laughs> some of the stuff you've played, like the winter series in particular, you've been playing some of the best darts of your career, haven't you? Yeah, I, I play good in the last weeks and uh, I practice hard and in the last weeks and I think uh, I'm in good form and now we see. So how do you feel about taking on the defending champion at the William Hill World Championship? It's the best, the best thing for me. Really? I will have the best players in the world and that is my, my thing. You've beaten Peter Wright a couple of times. Yeah, he, he, me, he, me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but on a big stage, it's different, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, of course. But uh, I love these games against the best players. And this is my thing. I will play all the best players in the world. Dimitri Vandenberg won the world match play before he'd won a title on the tour. Do you think something like that could happen to you over the next fortnight? Oh, that's a long, long, long way. And uh, I will now... Have a nice Christmas in the hotel, <laughs> and uh, then uh, we go to the next game and we see. Well played. Enjoy Thank you. Christmas. Thank you. Jabra, congratulations on a great performance. Was that important for you to put a good performance on TV after the disappointment of the Players' Championships and the Grand Slam? Of course. I, I have uh, more expensive on the, on the stage, uh, only cr with no crowd. And uh, this is uh, a good thing now for me. Talk to you said there about spending Christmas in the hotel. Is that going to be a difficult thing to do, spending it away from home? Of course, I'm 37 years old and i always with my family on Christmas and now it's the first time I'm in the hotel. But the good thing is my, my wife is with me and then we, we have Christmas in January or February. Going back to the game, obviously. The way you play, can you gain so much confidence and belief from that performance as well and take it into the Peter Wright match? Of course, but I think uh, I am really uh, enjoy these this games and uh, I will play the best, ga best players in the world and uh, I really enjoy play Van Gerven or Peter Wright or Gervin Price. That's the best things for me. When you look back at your season, how would you assess it? Yeah, the season was good, but I have a lot of tournaments I was not so good. At. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm in the in the in the in the major tournaments. I always go in the the second round, but I not make the step in the third round. And now I make the, the step. Do you feel you've made big strides this year, though? Oh, yeah. Gary, thank you very much for Thank you. So let's go through then those results then on day seven of the World Darts Championship. Christopher Tyski three, Ryan Joyce nil, Kim Hybrex three, Ian White one. Uh, sorry, they're saying that ten times that we'd see fallout. Uh, Gerwin Price <laughs> three, Jamie Lewis two, and Gabriel Clemens three, Nico Kurtz one. So we only had the one session, but good news, everybody. We are back to two sessions tomorrow. How we love it. Uh, afternoon session looks like this. They're all round two games, of course, from now on. Brendan Dolan takes on Edward Fawkes. It is Joe Cullen against Wayne Jones. Simon Whitlock against Darius Labanowskis. And then it's Adrian Lewis against Danny Baggish in the round two game to close it off. Evening session looks like this. 
Danny Nopratek, so I'm Cameron Corollison. Of course, the only first-round player not to have actually played a game, because obviously he got a bye uh, through due to uh, Martin Klimacher uh, testing positive for COVID and Josh Payne having to self-isolate due to a family member testing positive as well. Uh, Devin Peterson against Steve Lennon, Rob Cross against Dirk van Dijvenboda, and then Dimitri Vandenberg gets his campaign underway against Paul Lim. Uh, Brad, as you're the debutante uh, on this pod today, I'm going to ask you for a tie of the day, please. Which one are you most looking forward to? Well, I think if you look on at that list there, I think it's got to be Rob Cross against Dirk van Dijvenboda. Dirk van Dijvenboda obviously showed great character to come back from two sets down against Bradley Brooks. Rattled off, I think it might have been eight or nine straight legs. You know, and he wasn't phased about being but being 2-0 down. And obviously, he's had a fantastic year. Whereas Rob Cross, you can say, I wouldn't say the exact polar opposite, but Rob Cross has not been not hit the heights of his you know, 2018 World Championship winning title, for example. And I think Dirk van Dijvenboda can, uh, can spring a shock there. But I just want to add, though, um, obviously, Joe Cullen, a local lad to me, he's had a torrid record with the World Championship. Everyone knows. He obviously, like he lost to Nico Kerr's last year. Year, for example, he plays Wayne Jones tomorrow afternoon, and I'd really like to see Joe. Obviously, he had the win on the Pro Tour, and he got to he had a European Tour win as well a couple of weeks ago, beating Michael Van Gerwen. I really want to see Joe push on and and try and do well at the Worlds. You know, rectify that torrid record. I appreciate he's in the same quarter as Michael Van Gerwen, but it'll be a it's a great opportunity for Joe Cullen to really prove his credentials and improve that he is a, a real top 16 contender. Uh, Luke, any uh, any other game that takes your fancy there, or are you going to go with Cross Van Dijk murder? Because I'll be honest with you, that is the correct answer, by the way. <laughs> See, I'm going to I'm going to go against the grain. Then I am going to go for Adrian Lewis, Danny Baggish. I called Ooh. Danny Baggish and Damon Hetter as the game of the day the other day. And my, it was a bit of a cracker, so I'm going to take some mm, some absolutely. kudos for that. But I think. The thing is with Adrian Lewis is at the minute, I don't think he's got the 100-plus game in him. I think he's around about a 95. But Danny Baggish has proved to be pretty much level with that in the American Tour qualifying and then in his first game against Hetter. So I think we could see a nice scrappy 3-2 either way. I'm not going to call it because genuinely I think it could go either way. But that could be a really good game in the afternoon session. So make sure you don't miss that. Yeah, look... It's a good choice. I mean, I'm also looking forward to Simon Willock against Darius Labanowskis as well. Yeah, That's a really of course, interesting game in round two. Absolutely. But I am with you here, Brad. I think the game of the day definitely is Cross versus Van Dijvenboda. Obviously, Van Dijvenboda, let's not forget, was a finalist at the last set play event uh, that was played in the World Grand Prix. And look, you talk about Rob Cross has not hit the heights of 2018. As I say constantly, what is a Rob Cross? Is it the Rob Cross that we saw in 2018 that dominated the Pro Tour and the Euro Tour and that went on to go and win the World Championship in his first year? Or is it the Rob Cross that can turn up and win a world, win a world match play and a European Championship playing his B game and arguably his C game? This is what I want to see. And obviously as well, remember, Cross went out of this event two years uh, in round two last year. He doesn't want that to happen again because if he does, if he does, his chance of uh, his chance of uh, of world number four might slip dramatically a little bit. Uh, but let's see what happens there in that one. That could be a very very good game indeed. On but the I'm flip also side, for... on the flip side though, if Rob Cross was to come through this, it's it's classed as a it's classed as a, a a massive win for him because a lot of people are expecting Dirk Van Dijvenboda to to overcome him here. You know, he's, he's not exactly. It's not exactly the most difficult 
quarter of the draw. You know, I believe he comes through either um, uh, Lewis and draw, Danny no, Baggett. Just look at the draw now. I mean, like you say, it, it isn't necessarily the most tough, uh, tough part of the draw because if he, if he goes there, he gets a game against Adam Hunt, right? Then it's a game either against Glenn Durant, Adrian Lewis or Danny Baggish to make a quarter final. Now, Rob Cross would have bitten your hand off for that, apart from maybe Glenn, obviously. But he would have bit your hand off for a third round tie against Adam Hunt. No disrespect to Jamie Hughes. Or no disrespect to Adam, by the way, who I think is a top quality player. But, you know, Jamie Hughes or Lisa Ashton. You know, there are tough, tough games in there. Yeah. He'll be full of so, confidence if he beats Dirk. That he can go on and, and at least reach the semi-finals. Absolutely. You've got to call him that, that, you've got to call him that with Michael Smith. With the Michael yep. Smith in the same quarter of the draw? Absolutely. Dirk's the farm man this year. And I feel he'll be full of confidence if he overcomes it. Rob Cross Your. is going to be at the semi-finals. That is if he comes very through bold. If he comes through. Yeesh! I'll tell you what. We love, that a, is we love a, a bit of voltage. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bold call. And which we could, uh, uh, to, 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 to coin a phrase first used by Jeremy Clarkson, and on that bombshell, uh, it definitely <laughs> is time to end. We shall see what happens. Uh, Brad Pates, that is not a bad way to end your debut. Thank you very much, my friend. Uh, Luke, great to uh, be on with you as well, pal, uh, on this one. For the first time ever, I'm sure we'll be doing more shows together but that is it ladies and gentlemen for the world championship daily on day seven on a day where price I, the Iceman keeps his call against the fireball just uh, getting through three two the hurricane holds off diamond for a three one win uh, christopher tyski producing arguably one of the best performances on tv in his career the polish eagle soars and is relentless against relentless three nil it finishes and gabriel clemens and nico kurtz it is clemens that comes through countryman kurtz in that one 3-1. The German giant is victorious. Make sure, of course, that you join us for the afternoon session from 12 o'clock to uh, GMT, 12 o'clock in the UK, on onlinedarts.com. We'll have it all covered for you, as always, on the live blog. We've got two sessions as well tomorrow, so 12 and 6 o'clock, so we hope that you can join us then across that. Make sure, of course, that you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to search Online Darts at any one of those platforms, and you can go to onlinedarts.com to watch all of the interviews that we've done so far at the World Championships with most of the winners, well, when Barzi's car actually works. Uh, so so you can watch that all there right now online darts tv on youtube and we'll be back tomorrow for another podcast as we always are the only daily podcast giving you insight analysis debate and reaction anything that you can think of at the world championships we will be there we'll actually tomorrow be halfway through this tournament who will be joining the players so far in round three from us all take care and we'll see you soon